Hey y'all, welcome to Adventures with Aggie brought to you by the Ryan Martin Foundation. Today we have our first ever wheelchair curler on the show. He's on the way to Beijing 2022. His name is Steve Empt. Please welcome Steve. Well, Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me today. Of course. Thanks for coming. Thanks for giving me some of your time. I think just to start out, would you mind giving me some background into who you are and what you do? Yeah, I, well, I'm an athlete by heart. I've been an athlete my entire life growing up, you know, with a couple older siblings and always on the courts and the fields and in the, the playgrounds and playing until the lights come on at night and start again very early the next day. So uh, uh, athlete my entire life, all through high school, college, uh, I got recruited to go to you know, a bunch of schools to play soccer and basketball. Uh, I went to West Point, played soccer and basketball there. Then I transferred to the University of Connecticut, played, uh, walked onto the basketball team there for two years, which is incredible two years of my life. And then, uh, you know, had an unfortunate automobile accident at 25. And now I found the sport of curling. Actually, it found me. I got stalked into the sport about eight years ago. And just since then, I've been blessed and fortunate to represent Team USA and seven-time national champion, two-time Paralympian, and get, you know, preparing here in about six weeks to head back out to Beijing and compete for another, you know, spot and get on a podium and win a medal for our country. So uh, athletes, athletics have always been a major part of my life. And uh, I am today uh, because of my parents and people around me, but a lot of the things that sports have done for me in my life and uh, before my accident and especially since my accident. Absolutely. You list all of your, your accomplishments and bios. Like it's nothing. I couldn't imagine all of these cool experiences and things that you've done. It's super impressive. And I'm so excited to talk about some of those, but I think I want to backtrack first. Can you tell us about how you were stalked into the sport? I read lots of articles on this and I want to hear it again. Um, but yeah, how did you find curling? <laughs> well, like I said, it found me. Uh, I was, I went away. I'm from Connecticut. So I went away to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, about a two and a half hour drive one weekend. Just wanted to get away for the weekend. No, no specific reason. I checked in at my hotel in Falmouth, Mass. And I said to the people there, you know, what do I do? Where do I go? I'm not from here. Well, you need to go down to Woods Hole. It's about a five, 10 minute drive. Park a truck go to the harbor, go to this place called Pie in the Sky, get something to eat, enjoy the day, it's beautiful out, watch the boats come in, enjoy yourself. So I park my truck in Woods Hole, I push up the hill, I go to Pie in the Sky, and I think I got a cinnamon roll or something, I don't know, hopefully something healthier, but probably not. So I'm sitting there outside on a beautiful day, just minding my own business, and this gentleman comes around a corner, and he comes up to me, and he says, excuse me, are you local? And I said, no, I'm from Connecticut, about two and a half hours away. And then there was about... 10 seconds of silence between us and I'm looking at him he's looking at me and you know I'm thinking to myself I'm I'm in trouble here like I'm I'm getting stalked I'm you know I'm planning my route where I'm going to get away from this guy and finally I asked him you know why did you ask that and he said well I trained with the Paralympic curling team here in the Cape and I saw you pushing up the hill and with your build I can make you into an Olympian in a year and I'm like hey what the heck is curling this was eight years ago 43 years old and B, where do I sign up? You know, I heard Olympics being an athlete, let's go. Um, so that man was Tony Colaccio. His wife, Mary, finally joined us, made me feel a little bit better. But we sat there and talked for about an hour about the sport, about how it was a young sport. It was a new Paralympic sport. There wasn't many wheelchair curlers in the country. You could do this. You could represent, your, you know, your country, Team USA, and travel and be a Paralympian. And I thought about it all the way home. I got home, I Googled it. I looked at it, I said, hey, this is something I could do. And a couple of weeks later, I went back up to the Cape and I tried it for the first time and I automatically fell in love with it. The first stone I pushed down the ice, 
it just bit me and it lit the fire inside of me. And from then on, it was just up the ranks. And, you know, I was named to Team USA about six months after that and just keep on going. And here I am now eight years later. So um, literally, I got stalked into the sport. And I love telling that story. And I, and I tell everybody that. I, and, I, and Tony was very, you know, proud of finding me. And, you know, things happened for a reason. You know, he just, if there was a red light five minutes earlier on his way there, maybe he would have missed me and I wouldn't be here today. Uh, why did I go to Cape Cod for the first time in my life that day? I mean, there's so many crazy, you know, synergy things going on there that is just amazing. And everything happens for a reason. But yeah, I got stalked into sport and I am lucky that I got stalked and I'm blessed and honored to be able to do what I do. That's such a cool story. I guess my follow-up question to that is from the moment you had that conversation, it was six months until you were named to Team USA. Is that right? That's a, yeah, it's about right. It was the summer of 2013, okay. and uh, the team went off to Sochi in, in yeah. February. So it was about seven months or so. When they came back from Sochi in 2014, that's when I jumped on the team right away, and I've been on ever since. Got it. That is such a quick turnaround to learn the sport and get really good at it at the same time. <laughs> How did that work? How did you do that? <laughs> A lot of, lot of hard work, a lot of hours on the ice. Uh, my first year or so, or during, especially during that winter from the summer of 2013 until after Sochi in 2014, I drove every weekend up to the Cape and, and trained with Tony and a couple other curlers, you know, from eight o'clock on Friday night until 10 o'clock on Sunday night. And then drove back home and went to my teaching job all week and then went back up the following weekend. So a lot of driving, a lot of hours, a lot of sacrifice, just repetition and throwing stones. And when I when I heard that I could be representing the country and travel the world and be a Paralympian, there was there was no stopping me. I had goals, I had goals written everywhere in my apartment, everywhere you would look. There was a sticky note with a goal on it. And I stuck to it and stuck to the plan and went up the ranks pretty quickly. Yes. Very quickly. That's so impressive. I love it. I guess backtracking again, as I'm sitting here, I realize I'm from Alabama and I don't know that we have curling here. And I don't know that some people that are listening to the show are going to know, well, maybe they know what curling is, but maybe they don't know how it's played or how it's scored. So could you give us kind of a basic, this is what curling is and this is how you can win? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the Olympic sport that you see on ice where people slide them on the ice and they push a about a 42 pound round stone of granite with a handle on it down the ice and they're aiming for a bullseye on the other end of the ice about 140 feet away um now able-bodied versus disabled curling you would slide out of the hack and you also sweep which means you're like brushing the ice in front of the stone to kind of melt the ice to allow it to go a little bit further the two differences between able and, and disabled curling is we don't slide out of the hack obviously that'd be kind of ugly to try that for us to try that and we don't sweep so it's a lot harder on us because I'm aiming for about the size of a basketball, about 125 feet away. So it's more difficult on us. The basics of curling, you're trying to get as close to that bullseye. It's called a house, but we'll call it a bullseye down the other end as much as possible. Uh, there's two teams playing, one's red, one's yellow. We get red stones in the house, yellow will try to knock them out, or maybe red stones will go in front of the house, and yellow will try to come around. So there's a lot of strategy. It's like chess, it's like bocce, it's like shuffleboard. It's an absolutely incredible, incredible sport. The best thing about it is a lifetime sport. I have curled with people, kids from five years old to 98, 99 years old. And there was a guy at the Cape who was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the oldest curler in the world. And he joined at like 96. 
So I mean, like 96 years old, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna go join a curling club. So uh, it's an incredible sport. I can play it with other able bodies. I can play with other people in wheelchairs. Everybody can play it. So it's a level. It doesn't see color. It doesn't see race. It doesn't see, you know, anything like that. So it's just an amazing, amazing sport. And for myself, coming from my background, I had we're playing football and basketball and baseball and soccer and at high levels and being competitive and talking smack and all that to this curling mystery, I'll call it in the beginning. It was a complete 180 where it's so mental and you know, you shake hands with your opponent ahead of time, you battle it out for two hours, you shake hands afterwards, maybe go get something to eat and hang out. But it's an incredible, incredible sport. Uh, it's done wonders for me in my life. And I encourage anybody out there that's listening to give it a try, no matter where you are. Uh, Alabama, California, there's clubs everywhere, Florida, Northeast, Midwest, there's places to go and, and people to help you. And if, if you don't get the right answers, you can contact me directly and I will absolutely help you out. We have a curling salesman here. I love it. I think you've sold the sport. <laughs> yes, yes, I encourage. And what's beautiful about it, you know, the basketball, the sled hockey, the track, I mean, those are all incredible sports and incredible athletes. But ultimately, your body's going to break down. And especially for the young people out there that have, you know, either become disabled, been born, whatever it might be with a disability, you know, this is a sport you can play. You know, if you start at 20 years old, you could be a six, seven, eight time Paralympian, you know, the greatest Paralympian in the history of the United States. I mean, that, whew, I wish I found this a lot earlier. I'm going on too and I'm pumped. But uh, so, you know, basketball, track, all those, they're incredible sports and I love watching them, but your body's going to break down. This is a sport where you can play forever and it's amazing. Absolutely. Okay, I want to ask you then about learning the sport because we have so many young athletes that are listening to the show. So maybe they haven't tried curling yet and now they want to because they heard your sales pitch on the sport. I guess what were some of the challenges that you faced at the beginning of trying to learn this sport? And when did you realize that this was your thing? I, I realized it right away because mm -hmm. I knew that, I mean, I love challenges uh, being an athlete with a disability. You know, give me any, doubt me, please doubt me, and I will prove you wrong. Uh, give me a challenge. You know, that's why I went to West Point and, you know, walked on to UConn. I mean, every day with challenges, bring them on. I love it. That's how I'm wired. That's why I'm a two-time Paralympian. Um, but as far as learning the sport, it was, it was easy for me because I put so much time into it. Not everybody can become a Paralympian, but you can play the sport on a club level. So as far as learning it, getting out there, just getting on the ice and throwing stones, talking to people. There's clinics that are put on every curling club in the United States has learned to curl clinics. You can call your local club or somewhere or whatever it is, call them up and ask about a learn to curl. They have one pretty much once every month or so. Get in there and learn the basics of curling. And if it's adaptive, if there's nobody at the club that's adaptive as far as, you know, we don't know anything about wheelchair curling. They know, the clubs know to contact us and we will help them out. So it's an easy sport to learn. It's amazing. Like I said, you can play. Being an athlete, I can't, in a wheelchair, get on a basketball court and play one-on-one -on -one with Michael Jordan. He's going to smoke me. I can't get on a tennis court and play, you know, one-on-one -on -one against Serena. She's going to smoke me. But in curling, we can get out there with the best able-bodied athletes, able-bodied curlers in the world and hang with them. You know, they'll probably eventually beat us, but we can hang with them a little bit and play with them two, two and a half hours and have a blast. I, I really want to try it now. I've never curled before. And now I really want to, when I was researching you, your history, all the cool stuff that you've done, I was like, I really should try this before speaking to him. But in Alabama, I, there's no curling readily available right now, but one day, <laughs> one we day. We will I get you on the ice without a doubt, whether it's Alabama or <laughs> wherever it might be, we will get you on the ice. 
Perfect. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, awesome. I wanted to go into kind of, I guess, a, a bit of a story time piece. Um, usually when we talk about favorite memories, favorite competitions, highlights, you've done so many things. I wasn't sure what specifically to ask you about, but I'm sure you have some maybe competitions or memories that stick out that you would love to share. Um, so my team was wondering what your favorite competition memory is so far. Um, yeah. Any story time? <laughs> The, there's, like I said, there's many of them from, you know, getting accepted at West Point and playing sports there uh, on, a, you know, my first division one and going to UConn and playing with guys like Ray Allen and Kevin Ollie and all these future pros, Scott Burrell, Danielle Marshall, uh, having the best seat in the house in front of 20,000 people and, you know, watching these pros go up and down the court. Uh, but for me, it was, I can easily say the opening ceremonies of the Pyeongchang Paralympics in 2018. Um, Ooh, I got to slow down. I'm going to get emotional here. Um, just being able to roll out in front of 50,000 people that were there and the millions are watching at home right behind the American flag. I'm a veteran also, obviously, being from the Army and West Point. So in my opinion, the two greatest honors in life are to represent your country through the military and through sport. I've done them both now. But I remember as we, to this day perfectly as we were getting ready to roll out in front of the country, an American flag is five feet in front of me and, and, and waving. It was just an incredible, emotional, beautiful experience to be a part of that. And then just participating in the games and, you know, remembering that they are games, you know, they're the Paralympic games. It's not a job. It's not, you know, I know people work their life. These 18, 19, 20 year olds, ski boarders, whatever, snowboarders, whatever it might be, work their life for 10 seconds down the slopes. You know, it's a little bit different with curling. We have a week long competition, but it's, uh, you know, to be there and compete and for a country and come out into the, into the arena, into the stadium in front of 50,000, that was easily the, the, best, the best feeling I've ever had as far as the competition goes. I can feel the excitement through the Zoom right now. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to do it again in a few weeks. Let's go. Yeah, no, that's so exciting. You've answered my follow-up question. My follow-up question was, what does it mean to you to represent your country in so many ways? But we've clarified that. So I guess let's talk about what you're going to be doing for the next few weeks. I guess before Beijing happens, what does this kind of between period look like for you? This is uh, me being away from home a lot. Uh, Unfortunately, my wife's not here. You could ask her that. She, she'd give you a different answer, but it's it's difficult. It's it's sacrifice. And, and anybody on this level knows, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we sacrifice, time away from our family, uh, finances, whatever it might be, uh, kids' birthdays, games. You know, I've got a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old that'll be missing basketball games. But for me, it's five, four, five, six days a week on the ice. My local club is about an hour and a half away. So like, for example, today I was up at 5.30, you know, get out of here by six, get on the ice by eight, practice for a couple hours, and I'm back here by noon. Uh, you know, didn't get my physical workout in, get my mental workout in, my meditation, my positive imagery. I do a lot of stuff like that. So it's a it's a it's a long day for me. That's four, five, six days a week. Uh, I'll soon be traveling up to Boston to curl with a couple other elite curlers, uh, able-bodied curlers up there, that you know to hone my skills. So it's just prepping. For Beijing, when we go, we had a meeting last night. We still don't know exactly when we're going because there's so much fluidity with this unfortunate circumstance we got going on in the world right now. Somewhere around the 20th of February, I know we'll be heading to LA for four days or so, and then heading to Beijing, and you know, just prepping and being ready to go. So when that time comes, for get on the ice for that first stone, I'm ready, 100% bought in and, and ready to do it. 
so excited for you. I can't wait to stay up all night and watch curling. It'd be so yes. great. <laughs> You'll be the one. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, okay, so I want to ask you my favorite question that I ask Paralympians is what does the road to Beijing mean to you? Or like the road to Sochi or the road to whatever Paralympic Games it is. What does that mean? I, the answer is always so different for all guests, which is why I love this question so much. But what does that road mean to you? That that road is long. It's four four years usually. Obviously, being a two time Paralympian now, some some first time Paralympians or Paralympians might be 10, 12 years, fifteen years. But for me, it's it started pretty much a couple of days after Pyeongchang and prepping for this. So it's a long road, and as we get closer, it's ramped up in intensity and 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 magnitude and. 100 days out, you know, all the advertising and, you know, seeing the commercials on TV and I, it just gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And right now it's, you know, for the final four or six weeks or so before we head out, it's, it's fine tuning everything and mentally, physically, emotionally, sleep and diet and the aches and the pains and, and everything. So uh, it's a long road. It's, it's, for me, it was four years, but it's, as we get closer and closer, closer, it gets amplified big time and magnified and blowing up and the media requests are incredible i do five or six a week stations all around the country and uh, it's just it's an incredible incredible feeling knowing that we're so close and ready to go i'm i'm so ready i'm so ready to watch i couldn't imagine how you're so ready and everybody else is actually going i it's been amazing i feel like it's been such a long time but it really hasn't i don't know maybe just because i'm waiting for the games to happen but um anxious sitting here as a fan I couldn't imagine being an athlete and going but <laughs> yeah fired up yep for sure for sure cool um I have two more questions for you this is usually how I end the show um one is advice to your younger self which I usually save till the end but I want to do that one first um and then end on a question about what you've learned about yourself so if you had to give younger Steve advice what would you tell him uh slow down and enjoy your childhood more. I mean, I had an incredible childhood, very supportive parents, family, community, uh, high school, very successful athlete, all American soccer, you know, the whole nine, uh, West Point, UConn, I did a lot, uh, but slow down and enjoy it more. Don't be so quick to grow up and, and take on all these responsibilities that we have as adults, mm -hmm. as far as bills and mortgages and all that. So uh, slow down, and enjoy it more. And uh, probably, you know, I would, for me personally, would get into the goal setting process further and be before in my life. You know, I really only picked that up since I started curling and setting out specific goals and writing them down and reading them every day. And, uh, you know, if you want something bad enough, you know, don't, don't just put it in your head because we're a little bit crazy at times, you know, put it in your heart and, and don't let anything stop you. And I mean, yes, yeah, 16, 17 year olds, we all, we've been there. We're invincible. We'll be fine no matter what, and we'll, I'll be successful. And no, you gotta, you gotta work at it, and you gotta want it, and you gotta put it in your heart, and put every ounce of everything you have in your life if you want it bad enough into that one thing, and you're gonna get it. Absolutely, I feel like our rooms probably look the same with sticky notes and like I don't know scribbles of notes to myself laying everywhere, whether they're digital sticky notes or real sticky notes hanging on the wall. I think I have way too many of those. <laughs> Yes, that's a good thing, though. Constantly remind us. You know, we read it, yes. we write it, we say it. We're going to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Last question. Um, what have you learned about yourself through the sport of curling? 
I've learned to calm down. I've learned to take a 180 and a lot of our sport is mental. Uh, you don't have to be, you know, six, three and, and two ten and lean bust. I mean, you don't have to be that for the sport of curling at 95% of it, it's up in your head. So I've, this sport has completely, like I said, given me a 180 to now where I'm calm and, you know, breathing through the eyelids and the whole lava lizard stuff and all that and, and meditating and <laughs> positive imagery and all those things. You know, I watch, you know, a 10, I got about a 10, 12 minute clip from Pyeongchang off highlights of me curling all made shots, you know, just, you know, over every day I watch that just to reinforce, you know, why I'm doing this and the positive, you know, imprints and, so for me, you know, the sport, it's changed my life. It's, it's actually, it's probably saved my life. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I was doing great before, but I was always, you know, for 17 years after my accident until I was 43, I was looking for that one sport to fill this void in me. I needed to compete. I needed, I have to, I have to, I'm wired that way. I have to compete. I compete at everything I do. Again, my wife will nod her head on that one. Um, but I never found it. You know, when I tried basketball, I tried tennis, I tried racing, wheelchair, you know, marathon, and, and they were all great. But until curling came along, that was, I fell in love with it right away. And that was a sport. So it has calmed me down, it has flipped me completely 180 and made me a better individual, better man, better husband, better father, uh, and, you know, put all the time into it, better curl. So it's uh, calmed me down. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I want to feel this. I want to feel this about a sport, maybe curling. I don't know, maybe because I haven't tried it yet. I could feel this way too. And we don't know yet. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Got to get out. And that's what I encourage everybody, especially athletes with disabilities out there. You know, you, whoever's in your audience that's listening right now, uh, no matter how old or how young or whatnot, get out and try different sports. I'm not telling you to go out there and go curling. I'm telling you to get out there and do different sports. There's so many programs out there. And there's so many sports available to people with disabilities. And like I said, I, this one found me and I got stalked into the sport. And I am now a seven-time national champ, two-time Paralympian, magazine covers, White House visits, Fenway Park, throwing out the first pitch all over the world. And been to you know, dozens of different countries and, and being able to wear you know, Team USA on my chest and represent this beautiful country we have. So if I didn't take that chance and try the new sport, I wouldn't be here today with you, Aggie, and spending all this time with you and your, your listeners. So get out there and do stuff. Now, if it happens to be curling, talk to Aggie, DM her, text her, something. She will get a hold of me, and I will get you on the ice. I don't care where you live. Perfect. I This is the perfect note to end on. I hope that they go out and try curling or whatever else it may be that they want to try. But hopefully this is a call to get up off the couch and go try a new sport. But um, this has been perfect. Steve, thank you so much for giving me some of your time. And hopefully everybody's going to tune in and watch you in the Paralympics. I'm so excited for you. Thank you so, so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Aggie. So everybody have a great day. Thank you for being here. I hope you all enjoyed Steve's interview as much as I did. I loved hearing his journey and all of his awesome experiences with lots of laughs. Join us next week for another Team USA wheelchair curler on Adventures with Aggie.